friends welcome back to the film alchemist podcast welcome back to the october mega marathon god damn it this is the show where we take the movies we love break them apart to find out what gives them their magic i'm your host josh griffey joined as always by my friend co-host and guy who doesn't understand why fandom can be toxic <laughs> alex dandino it just fits so well. Sometimes an author just writes a descriptor. And no, neither here nor there. Guys, for today's just amazing blood-soaked episode, a little business. It is official. Your friends here, your boys, we're on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Pod. We're coming up to that point, guys. The first episode of the October Mega Marathon that's going to be exclusively on Patreon for our fans over there. It's getting there. Is nigh. They're voting. They made sure uh, what they want us to talk about and a feature-length commentary. All the, the last three pieces of the October Mega Marathon are on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Pod. You don't want to do 28 days, 28 movies in 31 no, days. That do doesn't 31. sound right. 31. That doesn't sound right. Not in this world. We're collectors. We're completionists. We're, we're film buffs. That's what we do. Yep. You don't want to be missing yep. parts of your DVD what box What do you think sets. we're doing here today, you know? Yeah, go to patreon.com slash pod. Get yourself the full set. Make sure that you're getting a ton of fun stuff over there. We have tons of extras over there for you guys. Also, you get to have your voice help craft the show moving forward. So we work really hard to make that fun for you guys. So go over to patreon.com slash pod. Best way to support the show, guys. We appreciate uh, the people we have who do that already. Thank you. All right, the YouTube Film Alchemist, subscribe there. The email, filmalchemistpod on gmail.com. Make sure you're leaving all those ratings and reviews. And guys, this is the important one this month. We're on all the socials. That's not the important one. The important one, guys, this is October. Everyone's horror movie obsessed. It's the best time of the year for movie fans, in my opinion. You have a bunch of friends that are out watching horror movies, right? They're doing their little horror marathons, their watch lists, whatever. Bring them to us. Send them the October Mega Marathon. Let them know what's happening. Let them know that every day they can watch a movie with us. Let them know to catch up on Texas Chainsaw Franchise, on the Phantasm Franchise, which are already in your feeds. Let them know, and we'll take it from there. We appreciate it, man. We want some word of mouth. We want you sending out carrier pigeons, like your 1980s Mike Tyson, uh, to fucking get these people to listen. <laughs> All right. We're going to do that 31 times this month, but it has to be done. That's the job, guys. Sorry. All right. Today, we're here. We're rejoined by Alex. Sorry for my we're, absence. We're cleaning up. Oh, no, it's fine. We just have so many pods to do. And we're lucky to have Carmelita. She's always I just mean, the best. As far as fill-ins and as far as co-hosts for this show, Carmelita is among the best. And fucking crushed. The Phantasm run was very fun. They were I excellent. had a great time. I hope I listen to the it. shows I don't do for this month, and sure. usually eight we are better. We owe Carmelita a lot, so go listen to the Phantasm franchise. They're always uh, better, and right Carmelita's now. the best. She's the best. But Alex is back. This is important to us. <laughs> One of our favorite film horror film franchises, I think we can agree, is Scream. Yes. Scream has already been featured on the Mega Marathon two years ago, I believe. Before we ran there all the Scream movies, new right? Ones. Yeah, which at the time was only up to Scream 4. Since then, we've had a new mini Scream universe forming, right? This is our, our two Scream uni, uh, two movies after, right? So there's yeah. Scream, which I always hated that it was just called Scream. Right. 
and Scream Six. I think they even make fun of that in the movie. They do make fun of it in the movie itself. Why are you calling it Stab? It should be Stab Eight, right? That's what this is. Um, But this is Scream. So this resets us. Now we have Jenny Ortega and company kind of coming to the fore. Yeah. Uh, taking charge. So we're resetting who our, our Scream people are going to be. As they call it, this is the one where they make fun of uh, legacy requels, right? Right, right. So it's an entirely new attempt to launch a new Scream franchise that has enough ties to the legacy characters that they can essentially be cannon fodder to hook us in and maybe get a little extra emotional weight. Right. Uh, that having a whole new crew when it happened. This movie seems to be a response to... Or it seems to be making fun of Scream 4 itself. The Scream 4 didn't follow the sequel rules as it should have. Right. I don't think Scream has a really bad movie. Even Scooby-Doo Scream 3 is fun. Yeah. But I think these two new are really fucking good. Are really fucking good. And so it was really exciting. We're like, of course we want to add Scream back in and talk. So launching with Scream 5, we'll do Scream 6 tomorrow. And then we'll have the official updated franchise ranking. See where we think these slot in amongst the greatest Scream movies. Uh, so, Alex, opening thoughts on this new pretty fucking brutal addition to the Scream franchise. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a Scream movie. It's great. Like, I, again, I don't have I don't have many qualms with Scream movies. I guess for me. What gives it that, like, for one, the reason I like most of the Scream movies and the reason I think it's hard to kind of complain about them is they do have that sort of meta armor built into the story itself because Mm -hmm. it's a movie that knows exactly what kind of movie it is and it tells you what kind of movie it is, like, every step of the way. So complaining about it is, like, an odd... Like, having it, like, wasn't very good, was it? It's like, eh, I mean... What would you expect it to be? You know, like I like I think that like we like Scream 3 is obviously like, in my opinion, the, you know, the the worst one of the bunch and the worst one of the it's bunch is the one still... that film Twitter really tries to rally around and convince you is the right. best one. Which it's lets not, you know, it's the worst one. It's the worst one. <laughs> and it's like, but like, it's, it's the worst still one, but even that is very fun. entertaining because it's yes, basically exactly. a scoop. Yeah, it's like a scoop. Like we were saying, like we said two years ago, why would we still say today? It's basically like a really violent episode of Scooby Dooby Doo. Where are you? Yeah. So and it's great. It's just fun. fine. Yeah, I like. Scream is like gas station pizza. Still tastes enough like pizza. Yeah. And it's not gas station sushi. So you're Scream like, that's is, the choice. Scream is pizza in New York. You're never going to run out and run into a bad slice of pizza in New York City. It is yeah. what it is. It does. I, like that and Child's Play are kind of the two franchises I feel like. They almost always hit at least enough. There's yeah. not the one. You know, like my beloved Hellraiser. There are ones where you're like, that was pretty fucking far off the mark. (laughs) So far, I mean, like, so we're up to six Scream movies. None of them have been like a thing where everyone's like, boy, we're really bottoming out. You know, like, there's no no bottom, you know, someone's scraping the bottom of the barrel here. It's literally just like, it's a Scream movie. So, but it starts in a great, it starts great. This is the thing. It starts in the way all Scream movies do, but gives you a it does give you a new flavor because like, you know, and of course Jenna Ortega, she's wonderful, but also she survives, which was the new yeah. flavor for me. I was like, oh, so, okay. Jenna Ortega and Melissa Barrera, uh, Sam Carpenter and Tara Carpenter, they're gonna be our new 
they're going to split essentially the Nev Campbell duties, right? Yeah, yeah. And there won't be a Gail Weathers, right? Those two will kind of form the new thing. Then we've got uh, Mason Gooding and Jasmine Savoy Brown, right? They are the Meeks Martin twins, right? Yeah. They are Jamie Kennedy's niece and nephew uh, somehow in the you know legacy canon. So this is our new core group that's going to carry us through. Right. Uh, spoilers if you haven't seen it. We also have a couple other characters in the group, but they're the core group. Yeah. Then we bring back Courtney Cox, David Arquette, Nev Campbell, and Skeet Ulrich to tie us back D-H into the Skeet original. Ulrich that you're just like. Yeah. And we even bring back fucking okay? Deputy Judy to bring back more legacy stuff. Deputy but, Judy was a good one. Yeah. I think it's. I, I don't know if I all the way agree with the meta armor thing because I think. It, it's such a hard line that Scream runs. Because if you're not really fucking sharp in what you're saying with the meta, it can become so fucking obnoxious and off-putting after this many movies. It can I be. I think this one is pretty sharp. It, it's it, pretty sharp this, in what it says. This does but a even good even more job. than what it says. Yes, absolutely. It's how it shows it. So the opening of this is a throwback to the Drew Barrymore opening, right? Almost exact same scene, except you add in, ew, weird, the landline's ringing. Yeah. Now there's a cell right? phone. Right, and she's on her chain. phone texting. Yeah. And then, like, arm the security doors with my phone. You're like, okay, nice. So we're getting the same thing. We're learning new things. With some new flavor. We get this amazing take on uh, her favorite horror movies, The Babadook and Elevated Horror. And you're like, okay. all right, I- I'm into this. Right? And it starts off, it's like, oh, it's Charlie. It's a guy from group. Just kidding, it's Ghostface. And it's like, okay. And then and they even add different things, right? Now the one in danger is not, hey, I'm watching you, bitch. Yeah. You know, making popcorn. It's, hey, I'm watching your best friend, and I'm going to slice her fucking throat open. Yeah. If you don't answer. So there's these... It, it That's kind of the brilliant spot this movie exists in. It's constantly acknowledging the past, which seems like it will be so annoying. But it always is just kind of this really nice china plate that then they put a new delicious meal on. Yeah. I right. Mean, you I, ever have like a relative that used to collect like decorative Elvis plates and you're like, I don't want to eat food off that. And you're like, all right, if I smother enough mashed potatoes, it's just another plate. It's and I'll focus on the dinner. It's <laughs> analogy aside. Uh, I Great analogy aside. I'd actually liken it. If you're going to do the plate analogy, what I'd say is it's more like. You break out the good china when you have a birthday or when you have like a Christmas party. Like my family broke out like the only like we had great china for Christmas, and that's the only time well, we some ever. Some of us saw didn't it. have great china. My that's my bad. Okay, that's stop that. Stop that before you start it. All right, just don't you even start it. Don't even start it now. Cakes. Don't that's start fine. it. Yeah. I said don't start it. <laughs> we had like specific christmas this plates. is a repod alex nothing is safe we had specific <laughs> christmas plates we were allowed to use and that to me is what the scream franchise is doing is like okay let's break out the good stuff mm. and you know it's a different meal though so like it's like a hand so it's not grandma it's not at grandma's house we're breaking out the right. good plates and it's you guys it's like me making the meal this time it's a very yeah, specific that, thing. Part four said we don't want any of the legacy stuff. And right. a lot of people were not into that. Right. I think it's fine. I, I don't think the legacy characters and a lot of these kind of new legacy sequels 
add a lot to the movies. I for think me. Scream is pretty specific. You need it, kind of. There, like, there are me, certain ones that matter, right? The thing to, is, and they kind of make fun of, of this in the movie, right? Is that the Scream franchise problem, and it is honestly a problem with the franchise. It's true to address it. Is there's no Jason, Freddy, Michael, whatever, right? There's no bad guy to keep coming back. What this is, is it is a film that constantly tells us that horror movies are a sickness, right? And that these people in this small nowhere town, right? These suburban towns that get attacked and the American dream ripped asunder by these killers like Michael Myers. Right. That once that's happened, the trauma of that and then the exploitation of that for a horror film constantly shows all of these small town people whatever that where they live is not enough and they can be more right it's kind of this constant attack on the american dream yeah and they every so often there will be these kids that for some reason these movies trigger into becoming murderers right it's almost like the ring tape that this is a a sickness and an epidemic that plagues woodsboro right this town is always plagued by these fucking kinds of insane people and it is kind of the problem with the franchise. I think you could say that almost all of them, you're like, great, 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 great. They do the ghost face reveal, and you're like, that's kind of hinky. I don't know if that, like, is great, right? right? I think there are two of them where the reveal doesn't really, maybe three where you're like, the reveal's like, all right. Almost none of them does it really add a lot. Like, this movie, the reveal of the film, essentially does nothing for us. We're just like, okay, cool, we're going to end the movie. Part yeah. one obviously was a classic. Mm-hmm. It was a re, uh, you know, a reimagining of how those movies always end, right? Classic. Even part four, to a lesser extent, you could make a case that at least Emma Roberts had a little extra going on that I appreciated. Right. This one is this is the weakness of the movie, right? I think what works for, I think what works for Scream Five. I'm not going to call it Scream, by the way. I'm calling it Scream 5 while we talk about yeah, this. Yeah, I, I hate that, too. <laughs> We're looking at you, Halloween. Eric. Halloween. The audacity of that. The fucking audacity. <laughs> um, I think what's different about Scream, I think what Scream 5 does is, and this is what I was talking about with this meta armor. This is why, like, it's hard to poke fun. Like, you can say a movie is, like, objectively, this is not very good in a movie like this, you know? like we were saying with Scream 3. The meta armor I'm talking about when I say that is you can point out a flaw in your own movie and still be able to recover from it in a way that doesn't like hurt your narrative overall. That's a really like mm. that's a really hard trick and I, I, like most oh, of the super hard, yeah. most of the Scream movies are able to do this which is the meta armor they have which is the script. These scripts are written pretty well. Like, and this is a hard, you have to be a, a loving a really fan of the thing. genre yeah. to do this. Absolutely. Like, you, you have to it. be a disciple of Kevin Williamson to understand how to properly do that. Because if you don't, the whole thing falls apart. It doesn't make any sense. Yes. Like it just does like, it just does not work. And it also it kind of reminds really, me of our, our really old sojourn, right? Yeah. We had a, a comic book podcast. Yep. And there's this famous kind of sentiment that Alan Moore said, right? And he might be one of the most full of shit human beings that's ever lived. <laughs> In his yes. curmudgeon old age, right? He's this old fucking angry comic books wizard looking guy, right? Right. But he once said, Watchmen was specifically just written to be a superhero comic. That's it. They weren't trying to do this like, you know, genre defining work, 
that addressed and deconstructed the whole thing. They just wrote their version of a superhero story that was so insightful that everyone's like, oh, my God, it's addressing the entire genre en masse. Right. I don't believe Alan Moore didn't go and say, I'm going to take superheroes to task. Neither here nor there. Whether he did or not, his book spawned so many horrible adaptation or imitations let's say yeah yeah. of people who are like now i'm gonna deconstruct something about superheroes and you're like but you forgot the core mission which is it still has to be a good superhero book as you're telling us that everything we like about superheroes is stupid right and that's what this movie does well they're not telling us that the flaws in these movies are stupid they're telling us that like a ouija board or a ritual right? right there are rules that are in place that that's just how it is it's stupid the killer always comes back. That's just how it is. There's always two is fucking stupid. That's just how it is. Yeah. Right? You know, it always has to go back to the start. Kind of sick of that. What can we do? That's the rules. Them's right. the binding rules. It's set right. down in ancient times of the 80s. We can't change that. I think the I think what's cool about this is by honoring the fact that, like, the legacy character thing. I think the legacy character thing is, like, kind of the trick here. Because, for one, it's not the whole cast. You have throwbacks. Like, you have Martha Meeks, of course. And we didn't know Martha Meeks existed until fucking Scream 3. So there was, like, a whole other... Like, yeah, like, she was right. making, like, lemon bars and shit for Doofy. Yeah. Like, all right, cool, whatever. Yeah. But you get, you know, you get your you get your top... You get your core three, which was great, which is great. Right. I think what's cool about the way scream five does this is we always talk about it always comes like they always talk about how the past is the factor in the scream movies the past always comes back to haunt these characters and what i like is that at the front of the movie like to tip us into act two is how we find out what the past is that's causing this which is that sam is the daughter of billy loomis you're like okay cool like got it that's great yeah it kind of that aside, right? It is it is funny. It's almost as if the original sin of the Scream series is horror movie characters that won't accept Right. Won't accept their past. This is like the ritual who's they like, were supposed to be a part of. This and is so someone they who's like running this thing from in that. motion. Yeah. This is a character well, Lo- that's running. Loomis from that. and uh and uh, fucking Stu Mocker, right? Those are the two guys that should just die first in those kind of movies, right? They're just yeah. these dick slinging funny guys. Right. So the fact that they made it through, it's like Loomis was like a Johnny Depp in Nightmare on Elm Street, right? And the fact that they didn't let themselves be sacrificed to the ritual of horror, it spawned this like never-ending hellmouth in in Woodsboro, right? And so let's just kind of go legacy by legacy, right? Ski Ulrich is the weirdest addition to this. (laughs) Not only is he back in ghost form only, but not even ghost, is like psychic hallucination. Yeah. Because Samantha finds a box that her mom got knocked up by fucking Billy, which we remember in part one is classic move of climbing in. I yeah. just don't think this is going to work because you won't suck my balls. And then Nev Campbell cracks and does it. Apparently Sam's mom cracked and did it. Yep. And got knocked up. So she ruins their family by calling her mom's uh, dark secret out accidentally in front of their father. The father leaves. She starts going on a horrific drug bender. Right. Because she ruined the family. But also knowing her dad is a serial killer, right? 
right, right. which I don't even know if he counts as a serial killer or just a mass murderer. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. Whatever he is, he's a killer. She has somehow written a version of him herself. Based on, I'm sure, the internet research she did and this and that. Where he's saying, you're a killer too. Use it. Use it. Unleash it. Yeah. Just as if, he, as if she's troops. Corey from the newest Halloween movie. Like, it's in there. Just let it go. Right, yeah. Uh, you know, like, like Ilsa, but with blood. Let it go. <laughs> and it's... This is something I did not like a lot the first time I saw it. I, I was it like, was, now you're really fucking forcing the legacy thing in a way hokey. that I don't like. I thought it was pretty hokey, yeah. to be honest. Honestly, today, and maybe, you know, it's been long enough. I've seen it a couple times. I've seen Scream 6 a couple times. I don't mind it, but you have to settle on the, this is her writing her own psychosis and not a stew ghost. The more I've like worked that out in my head and like given myself an excuse structure, I'm okay with it. But this is, this was where they're like, all right, you're getting fucked. You're, you're dancing with the fire with no underwear on. Like your balls are getting close to the fire right now. (laughs) I think I finally settled on it. It's not that bad. No, I mean like every single one of the screen movies is about legacy. Like, it is the legacy of a horror film. It's legacy of horror films, legacy of our family, legacy of where we grew up, like, what it is that makes us who we are. Like, it's a really specific thing that Scream does, which is, while there's no Michael Myers, and I like that they brought this up, there's no Michael Myers, there's no Jason Voorhees, what it is about, like, the looming specter, the looming specter that always comes back besides it just being the past is the legacy of being a kid from Woodsboro. Like, I think that is like the scary, like what they should do is close the city down and make all these people move out. Even like, when they're you know, in Hollywood in New York, it seems like a terrible idea. Let's close Woodsboro and get out of here. Like that's yeah, it's like, like Haddonsfield, like give up on Halloween. Yeah, it's not happening for your city. We're done move with that. The fuck out. that. That's Stop over. Stop having <laughs> children on Elm street. Like it's yeah. over. That's over. Right. Your kid's never gonna win a merit badge at Crystal Lake. Stop. Stop. Yeah. Like stop. There's, there's like <laughs> stop. <laughs> stop having children in Woodsboro. Period. Like make it a geriatric yeah. community. Make it like make it like that Florida community we watched in that documentary yeah. where just old people flourish. That's yes, fine. and just like try to bang and do drugs. Yeah. Once you hit high school age, you're sent out of town like it's children of the corn. You're fucking gone, dude. Uh, no, because that, that's what I mean. It's like this movie, you're like, all right, skeet, maybe. But then you imagine a world where they're seeing uh, the fucking ghost of Stu Mockerby, like, hey, man, I'm bleeding. And you're like, oh, then the movie would die. Even though everyone loves Lillard, you're like, you can't. So it's pretty fucking stupid. But honestly, I've kind of, it's grown on me. Right? It's grown on me. It's like your mom used to say, don't touch toads or you'll get warts, right? I feel like this is what happened to me. Yeah. Neither here nor there. Yeah. Nev Campbell, I hate to say it, so shoehorned in. I didn't love it. But there were moments of seeing, like seeing Sid happy and running her stroller. That was nice. And then her just saying, Dewey, I, I care for you. I know what's up. Also, I'll never come back. That scene meant a lot to me, much more than her. Actually, I'm rejoining the adventure. Right. And you're like, eh. My favorite line is, yeah. do you have a gun? I'm Sidney fucking Prescott. Of course oh, I have dude. a gun. Like, Yes. Perfect. Or, yeah, are you ready for this? Never. Never. Right? Gail's pretty shoehorned in. 
But she gets a great scene with Dewey, so that one's worth it. Dewey is the one. Doofy's the one that I was sad. This, uh, that fucking one, works in this movie. He really Doofy showed up. Took this, this goofball guy, right? Because David Arquette was just that for our generation. Yeah, he was just this yeah. goofy guy you didn't guy. take very seriously. Mm-hmm. They really like closed the pathos on this guy, yeah. right? Like they really like you're like, oh my god, Doofy does matter to me. I even met the guy who played Doofy at a convention. And I still just refer to him as Doofy because that's what he was in the movies. He was almost indistinguishable from the parody. That's and then the this one, you're like, all right, man. He's like, the only good moment I have is my morning because I get to see you. But also you're a stone cold bitch who writes books and get out of here. <laughs> and it, it was good. Like, I really liked him in this. He was. Really they also good. allow him to fucking nail the mystery on his first line. Yeah, he's kind of an old grizzled. They Dewey. give, they give, they give. But he Doofy still has that the, innocence the, when he wears his like his like you know I'm an old man who's on my way to like get a coupon at CVS outfit when he's like I've decided to help your investigation. You're like yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. They fucking nailed Dewey. Yeah, I think you could make a case the rest of them don't add much to the movie. The rest of them are basically the Deus Ex Machina for the ending. Like you're like cool. Yeah, like, like you could remove Sidney Prescott from any movie that's not that stroller scene, and it would not change this at all mm-hmm. in any markable way. It's fine. Like it's not. And yeah. Look, she you, uh, she does get the line. You might be the most derivative of them all to yeah. Ghostface, and you're like, that's fucking funny for what I, this one. Is. I think what was fun and entertaining about Gail and uh, Gail and Sidney being there is they are so tired of it. Like yeah. Oh, like they all, like the first That's time. That's a great point. When they're Amber, like, "Please be good enough characters to take this from right." Us. So like <laughs> they're they've done it so many times at this point. Like when Amber yeah. comes barreling out of the house, she's like, "Help me! He's stabbing!" They're both like, "What do you think?" <laughs> like, and then the girl's like, "Oh fuck this!" She's like, "Yeah, dude, you can't trick the people who've been yeah. tricked like six Smells times." Smells like a trap. And then they still let themselves get shot. Yeah, yeah. Still the worst shot like in movie sh- history. She immediately shoots the doors now before she. I mean. It was fine. It just felt like all right. And then shooting Sid the doors. Cam- that was Sid- good. Neb Campbell fell out of the last one for you know she felt disrespected by what they were offering her. Which so that kind of sucks. That it sucks. I don't like that this will be the last Sid we ever see. I'm sure it won't. Unless she would have never come into the end. Sid, I'm a little torn on. I don't love Sid being in this, but it was almost a baton. That last shot where Samantha standing between Gail and Sid. Shoulder to shoulder, shooting her ghost face. That was kind of the 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 shot across the bow to be like, are you guys going to accept this? Do we like Samantha and Tara? And I think as an audience, we're like, yeah, we really like them. I'll tell you what. In Scream I really... 6, I fucking loved them, man. So, like, I think they found their people. So, I get the handing of the batonness. And Gail has to be there as the avenging spirit of Dewey, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Sid was not my thing, but Dewey fucking nails it. And I was honestly surprised how fucking I still get upset every time I see him die. It was sad. I think I'm more upset because Gail killed him by calling him and distracting him and got him killed. Oh, that's her fault. That's absolutely that's her, her fault. fault. Absolutely. She's old. She's from a time when you called people not just tested. like also she also, started the whole thing with her book it's about Dewey's with, fault. He should have shot them in the head the moment he was standing there. Dewey's never been. I great don't disagree what with he, you. What his job is. He's always been the fish out of water of his. He's not the noble knight. Yeah. That he thought he should have been. He was always more noble than knight. And that has protected him for a while. 
But they had to fucking, our movie has steaks. I was surprised that Dewey was a steak for me. Like, when they killed Deputy Judy, you don't give a fuck I feel terrible. Him. I mean, I feel bad that a mom I died. I felt bad that she gets so fucking brutally, like, the kills in, in broad daylight, brutally murdered. Brutal. Yeah, and then immediately into her son. How's about... Who, no- I was like, 13 reasons why this kid's got to die so mean. He's how's just about, like a nice guy. She, get, she gets stabbed multiple times in broad daylight. I'm like, does no one jog in this neighborhood? My God. Woodsboro's like... Not no, no. Woodsboro, have you heard what happens there? No. <laughs> Yeah, it's like she's the only one outside of the world. Like, Excuse me, we lock our doors in this neighborhood, all right? Yeah, you only leave your house if you're willing to fucking die in Woodsboro, <laughs> right? Unless you're the teenagers who are like, we have to have this party. Woodsboro it's was part the, first, of the Woodsboro was the first place they uh, learned about Instacart. That was because they're like, I'm not going to the grocery store. That's how <laughs> and then die. everyone's like, I'm not door dashing. Are you kidding me? That job's not worth my life. I'm not walking betwixt my car and a front door every night in Woodsboro. Absolutely not. <laughs> That's why there was no, it wasn't because he didn't want soggy noodles. His mom's like, there's no delivery. There's no delivery here. We have to go out and get it ourselves. (laughs) Yeah. I'm picking this up in someone's bunker so I can bring it back. (laughs) No. Why is the uh, restaurant underground? Do you, you're not from here, are you? Oh, okay. Do we, they, they get a lot of run out of. So I think the legacy characters are done to pretty great effect in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. If you switch it to the new characters, again, I think. Tara and Sam soar. I think the Tara twins soars. do pretty much nothing for me in this movie, but I mean, they get a lot better run in Scream Six. Like Scream Six is where it's like, oh hell yeah, that's why they survive. The twins do roughly the same stuff Randy Meeks does, which is like, you know, fun. You know, you get a little, right. you get a little commentary for this one. I, right. I'll tell you this, I um, I love, I love Jenna Ortega. I think she's great. Um, Melissa Barrera is that this her name? kind of one of those movies where you're like, oh, she's gonna be like an ordeal. She's gonna be, yeah, a yeah. Is Melissa Barrera the sister who plays? Sam? That's the woman who plays yes. Sam, right? She yes. is not very good in this movie. Are and you shitting me? No, I'm serious. Oh, man. I see. I thought the opposite. I oh, thought she like, fucking crushed. There's like, I just loved something. Her in this movie. It's it's something, and I love that, her in Scream. Like I, I'm a huge fan of what she's doing. And I'll tell you, like if, and again, I haven't seen Scream Six yet, so I will reserve. Well, sorry, I did watch Scream Six already, so we will. Well, you mean the performance in this movie? You yeah, don't yeah, like sorry, her. the performance in the no, no, she is very good as a character. I think her performance is a little stilted, and I'm not sure why. Like, yeah, it was something well, that I, mean, I it's noticed. A movie, yeah. It's something that I'm just noticing. I was noticing last night. I was like, is she reading cue cards, or am I just like not noticing any like the she- like. Something's going she's on. She's turned up to 11 constantly. Yeah. Like she, her engine is running red from the first time we see her. She's essentially just like, I'm just a happy bowling alley employee with a right. bowling le- level uh, boyfriend. And then he's like, your sister got fucking stabbed. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm Billy Loomis's daughter. Right. I think that and was I think she's like redlining the whole movie. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I think that's a good. So I'm interested. So there's I definitely think- not a lot of uh, uh, depth. Right, she occasionally comes down for like a "Hey, you're my sister, and I love you." I think that's the. But then it's like I ruined the family. I think the red line for the entire movie really distracted me from like the performance. Like, I mean, she's fine. I I personally loved her performance. I think she's an awesome new like lead for the franchise. I get it. I think acting is very subjective to people's taste, but um, well, I mean, look, and I'm not saying she's also asked to do so much more than everyone else. I'm also not saying I'm not saying she's a shitty actress. I'm saying I'm not. I like there are an actor is not one performance. I get it. That's fine. There's one 
there's a few moments where, especially like in moments of violence. What's well, like the who's guarding my sister? That was great. That was fine. Yeah. Like, that, like, oh, see, those are the moments where I was like, all right. See, those right. are the moments where I'm like, okay, that's I justified like at least. And then there's like yeah. a couple of times, like, especially towards the end, like during the third act, I was like, are you feeling this? Or are you just like kind of checking out? Is this the last day of shooting? Are you done? Like, what's, what's going on? Well, here? she's also fighting off her ghost dad, dude. She's got a lot. There's a lot going you on. You know, because she had seen Bill Cosby's movie Ghost Dad and knows like the danger that's <laughs> imminent. Right? That's the scariest like, I, kind of dad, apparently, in Hollywood. Some... <laughs> not, I'm not giving in to Cosby jokes. I didn't think we were getting a, a Ghost Dad reference in here. Yeah, well done. <laughs> that seemed like. You would have known that quiver was. I know. I should have seen that that was coming. Actually, (laughs) that was like you know the obvious, you know, love interest is Ghostface thing. Um, yeah, it was. You know, I don't know. I'm curious to see how when we talk about Scream Six tomorrow. I'm curious to see how maybe it varies. I'll say this: Jenna Ortega is so good, or Jenny Ortega, whatever her name is. Jenna. Jenna, she's so fucking good. They like the scene when she spills on the family. Yeah. She is just so effortless that it must be hard that's to gotta fucking be, be that, opposite you know of what? her. That's got to be it. If it's a comparison scene, thing, she's maybe like, that's I got to be like melting down. I ruined the family. And Jenna Ortega is just understated. Get the fuck out. But she says like eight different ways. Like she's so yeah. fucking good. She is great. So that's probably what's going on. Maybe that's yeah, what's I, I, I personally was a big fan of Sam. Wasn't a bad Melissa Barrera performance. I think maybe it's just by comparison. Maybe that's what's going on. By comparison, maybe that's what's happening. It's hard. Either but yeah, so I think, but I think this is kind of the lovely bridge they make is the new characters don't get a ton of run out of Sam and Tara because they have to make room for the legacy characters. Right. But I think by the end of the movie, we're all really digging this baton handoff that we have. And again, we talk tomorrow, I think we'll see the the promise of what, you know, the seeds they planted now. We'll see what we reap from that in the next movie. And I would argue it's it's very good. Um, If this movie has a big fucking problem, it's that the ghost face is the most obvious ghost face, I think, in the entire franchise. Yeah, I'm thinking I feel like you pretty sure of and then because it's two things. It's immediately, you know, that what's his name? Fucking uh, Dewey or whatever from the boys. Quaid. Quaid. Jack Quaid? Jack Jack Quaid. Quaid. We know that it's Jack Quaid. There's no doubt it's going to be Jack Quaid. It's never in question for a second. Dewey doesn't even have to say it. We're all like, it's him. Yeah. It's that guy. It's the big name (laughs) guy they brought in for one movie. Like we saw that with Scream. Like we know it's, it's him. It's him. He's got a TV show to get back to. Yeah, like, who's the killer? Also, that if guy? you watch it, the who's whole it's really fun to watch it the second time because the way you can see him massaging the room and just kind of gently assuaging. He's like, I'm not a big fan of stab, but hey, tell me your opinion. Yeah, it's like, and then the moment guy? after we see Judy and her son get brutally murdered, we cut to him in a hotel room where he's far away, far away watching watching a movie, a, a YouTuber pe- bitch about hut. stab eight. Yep. And then she calls. He's like, oh, you're right. They don't like Stab it. It's like, all right, it's him. It's it's him. It's him. Like, we, we knew the whole movie. He was the one. I think that was the thing. Adria and, I were, Adria and I were watching it. And, like, the minute he, Jack Quaid showed up on screen, I was like, it's him. And she's well, like, really? How do you know? I'm like, yeah. I just know. Just, you know, it's the thing. Yeah, I know. I, I, I know the rules. I've seen a yeah, lot of screen seen movies. A lot of we're these. like Randy. <laughs> we're closer to Randy's than anyone else in the movie. We knew. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
But here's the thing. This ghost face is really brutal, right? Yeah. I love the scene when Kyle Gallner gets got. I right? love He's essentially that Kyle trying Gallner's to bang like teenage. I love him now. as an actor. He's just so fucking great. love that guy. I love that he's transitioned to like bad. Someday I want now. him on the pod and just to talk to him because I've always loved him. He was on Smallville. Love that guy, right? But he's and he has a great little cameo as this uh Stu Mocker's nephew who wants to bang teenagers right on. Right. Kind of weird. He pulls a knife, so he's a bad guy. The kill on him is so simple and understated and brutal. Yeah. When he looks in his car and no one's there as he's about to fight. <laughs> and just that that pin stab to the neck. It's so mean. I fucking love that kill. It's great. I think kills that have that brutality level to you. Like, ah! Like, it's really actually a scary kill. Oh, yeah. Right? When Judy gets got in broad daylight and you stab her 55 times, it's not really... It doesn't... It's not as affecting. The sun, That though. simple... That simple, like, yeah, we're a balloon, and they just popped him. Yeah. That was it. The understated horror of that, the efficiency of that, right? When they're in the hospital and Jack gets sliced on his forearm, after we saw how efficiently these ghost face kill in this movie, you're like, you're like that's him. That's obvious. It's a, like, there's no more doubt it's him, that he's one of the two. The problem with this movie is that, yeah, his toxic fandom thing is interesting enough. We'll dive into that in a minute. His motivation, it's pretty fun. Like, it's kind of the obvious thing the movie had to address after Scream 4. Right, right. The problem is, is that Amber is the other killer is fucking insanely stupid. One, because she just has no value to the story. She's not connected to anything other than her parents bought Stu Mocker's house. Yeah. And and she's she's been family friends with these people. Yeah, that's it. She met him on a subreddit, and now she matters to the story. They shouldn't have written her out as much. It should have been her and Sam battling for Tara more. Yeah, I think that was Neither here nor there. The movie constantly fucking cheats, and there's nothing I hate in a movie more than horror movie cheating. And especially a movie like Scream, where it's like we have to honor and represent the meta. That actress is five foot two. (laughs) Dewey's five foot ten. When they fight, she's taller than him. That's classic horror movie cheating. You're like, the only other character we've spent any time with that's taller than Dewey is Mason Gooding. Right. It's the only one. And so you're like, if you're going to fucking cheat, also the fact that she's like throwing Doofy around like he's nothing. Yeah. I was like, he's an a full-grown old man, not a big one, but he's got a limp, so he's dead weight. Yeah. And you're just picking think- him up and chucking him. I think we it's it's classic cheat when she attacks the football player because it has to be her right because he's not ready yet. She cannot pancake Mason Gooding. I think this is the thing about the it's screen, cheating. This is the thing about the screen movies that I never really am able to get behind, which is this why it's not a woman can't be killer thing. It's that you showed me right. that Ghostface well, is, is taller than him to and me are, This is why screen movies That's to me still stupid. have these like this is the hijinksy thing that doesn't quite work for me still. And this goes back to like. Scream 2, probably. Yeah. Which is like, you can't tell me that, you can't tell me that A, somebody wearing that ghost face mask is somehow. Billy Lewis's mom was not big. Lori Metcalf is not big enough to have been ghost face in any of those scenes. She apparently used to be, but then she was not. And, you know, well, I understand that they're like, but it's Ghostface. He's at the, and it's like, no, this is not. No, that's not how that works. This is the, the the bit isn't supernatural. Like, I think this is like a really important thing. It's not a supernatural bit. Right. Like, 
it, that always pisses me off in scream movies every time like that's just not like, gonna work yeah and not only that because this is a legacy sequel mm-hmm. matthew lillard that's what all the ghost face look like. They're Matthew Lillard size. Yeah. Matthew Lillard is a tall guy, and he if he bodied someone, he'd be like, eh, all right, you know, he's thin, but that makes sense, you know? Yeah, he's thin, but he, he's a tall, big a tall guy, dude. right? I'm I just think- saying, when you make your ghost face over six feet tall, and then say, aha, it's the five foot two friend Amber. Yeah. That just fucking pisses me off. That just doesn't work. And also, that's the thing. If the criticism is, Oh, well, Griffey, you're saying that women can't beat up men. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying if you believe that, that women can beat up men, I'm fine with that. That's what your movie is saying is that she's a brutal root. Because you can also, it's fun to track which kills she does. Mm -hmm. Because you can match. She's the one who loves to stab people 55 times brutally. So she kills Judy. Yeah. Right. And then Quaid kills the son, I think. So you can see, like, they do some really fun thing about they kill differently as Ghostface, right? Right. That's fine. But have a five foot two ghost face, fuck up Dewey, and then we're going. Oh, it could be any of the friend group, any of those girls in the fi- film group yeah. are not fucking yeah. six feet tall. So I was like, it could be any of them, and we know it's one of them anyways, right? The only thing we're saying at that it's point is a- that it's not Mason Gooding, yeah. but it could be. He could be the other ghost face, even though we know for a fact it's it just always. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, don't tell way. me that. You know, oh, well, a woman could easily be Ghostface. I'm like, that's fine. Don't cast a six foot three guy to fight Dewey and to pancake a football player. Have her do it. If it's her thing and her ferocity is what's doing it, have her in the fucking suit. Because they're all not tall. You could just say it was a short one of the girls is Ghostface. Yeah. What's wrong with that? We know that anyways. We know that without a shadow of a doubt anyways, that one of the girls is going to be Ghostface. I, I fucking hate, because Saw 1 is the worst horror movie cheating I've ever seen. I fucking hate that they're like, we need a really tall ghost face to fucking throw Dewey around. Right. And I think it's unfair to Amber. Put her in the At the end, she fucking takes on Sid and Gail in combat. She's like ferocious. Yeah. yeah, let her fucking do her thing. I, I think that's fucking stupid. Like, that's like a true, like... That's not for me something where I'm just like, ah, I wish they wouldn't have done that. No, I fucking I, hate it's just when bad, movies do that. Again, it's just a really bad cheat. Like it doesn't make any sense and it just and it never gets resolved in a way that would make sense. Like they don't like again, Ghostface is not a supernatural killer. Right. Like they're doing a wink and a nod that isn't it stupid when killers come out in movies, wink, 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 wink. Yeah, it's like And we okay, did this with Billy whole, Loomis's mom, wink, 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 wink. Well and the whole bit in the movie, and they even, and like you said, they, they say it, like, the whole bit in the movie is that there is no Jason, there is no Michael. Right. So you can't well, Also, their like horror movie supposed to have the integrity and be more brutal and real. Let her do it. Yeah. Like, it's Let, just... I, I it think it's work. unfair to Amber, myself. I think she could fuck Dewey up. I think what's she unfair... She can't beat up a fucking old man. I think what's unfair to Amber is she gets set fire t- for the second time in a movie. <laughs> In so many years. <laughs> I love what you do. I just like to melt your fucking face off. Do you think you'd Hollywood be okay reasons. being set on fire another time? Is that all right? Yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. This is like her thing now. Great, that, that's great. All right. That's true, that poor lady. Let's talk about the ending. I think we've kind of gone over the reveal is... Because eh, one, you know one of the guys and the other one is a cheat. 
It's just fucking cheating. So we're just stupid. We get but take the... that aside. This is where we get the ghost face manifesto scene. Right, right. Every ghost face has a fucking like Unabomber manifesto of why they've done what they've done. I actually think this one works pretty well. Yeah. The fans that are like, because uh, Quaid has that line, right? He's like, you know, everyone says it's a fucking movie, but it's like nobody takes the fans seriously. And this is in the wake of like the Snyder cut and all that yeah. kind of shit. Right. These like Marvel Star Wars fans who are just like, you know what I should do because I love Star Wars is ruin an actress's life. Yeah. Right. There are all these just like, you know, fucking cunts in the news. You know, I'm going to fucking berate an Asian actress because I don't like it. And it's like, well, that's that is a fucking you problem. Right. So toxic fandom was everywhere. Right. These these fucking because that's saying I. I agree with this sentiment, right? Like the villain thinks he's the hero. How can love be a bad thing? Well, listen to that fucking police song. You know, I've been watching you that sting song like that's bad love. Right. (laughs) Um, There are bad loves. Right. We just made the fucking ghost dad joke. That's bad love. Love Not can good. turn fucking bad and evil. Um, and so his idea of these movies mean so much to us. I think both of us can relate. I'm imagining most of the people listening to a podcast like this love our movies uh, above and beyond what the average person experiences with movies, right? Mm-hmm. I've also never said I'm going to go on a subreddit and set up an elaborate fucking ruse to murder people because of a movie. But essentially, they're saying the best scream, the only good scream was scream one. No one's done it great since. Right. And they're, uh, you know, we're going to give them back to basics, right? Created by true event or based on true events. Right. What did you make of this ghost face manifesto? I mean, you know, it's like every other subreddit you read about, you know, comic book movies, horror movies, anything. Like, it is about the... Oh, yeah, because of Corey and Halloween ends, like... It's It's about... Guys, come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on. It's about the... Like, when he says, like, fandom shouldn't be toxic, it's about love. I'm like, if you love something enough, you don't give a shit what anybody thinks about it. Like, I think this is, like, the that's what I like the most about the manifesto is really what it is is these people who have been completely destroyed by people's other people's opinion of the internet of the, of the franchise. Like what it really speaks to is the sheepleness of fandom. These guys are not leaders in any sort of like love. Well, Samantha and Tara are now traumatized for their whole lives and physically maimed as well. Right. Because some fucking guy and girl didn't like stabbing. Right. So to me, like, What's nice like about, real I think yeah. what's good about the manifesto, the manifesto is good because it is the manifesto of literally every single group of people who have loved anything right. too much to literally verbally or yeah. physically assault someone off a project at that point. Yeah. How can sugar be bad? It tastes sweet. And it's like, well, it's poison at certain levels. Yeah. Yes. There's a certain point. You got to eat a leaf every now and again. I was, That's I was the literally just watching Neil deGrasse Tyson talking about how there's something called LD50 in like every product, which is like the lethal dose the tipping point lethal dose mm-hmm. and cause they found some, um, um, glyphosate is this sugar compound in Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Mm-hmm. You'd have to eat 30 million pints of Ben and Jerry's ice cream for glyphosate to become lethal. Yeah. However, 
you only need to eat like 30 pints for sucrose to become lethal. <laughs> like yeah. some of those things are just like, yeah, like there's a tipping point for and everything. If you want to eat 30 pints of ice cream. I think you're taking your life you're in your own it, hands yeah, at that. That's point. your business. Like that's fine. Yeah, if that's but the you're hill stupid. you're on, that's cool, man. That's fine. But no, that's, and I think the addressing fandom, it's kind of the boogeyman that was haunting the internet already. Yeah. Well, and I, I, mean, I think it's still the out there, right? Like it never addressed this whole thing. I, I mean, I can't remember. And this they is are right. Hollywood's out of ideas, and all sure. we're getting is these IP extensions. Like Indiana Jones comes out. I mean, I disagree. Immediately, the hounds of like, ah, oh, Indiana Jones. Uh. Yeah, like if Barbie people, comes out. Ah, oh, Barbie's woke. There uh, are people who so. talk <laughs> about loving things. I think this is like the yeah. thing that I like the most about the manifesto is because it's. Them talking about how much they love the stab movies, how much they love this, and it's unfortunate that people who love things like kind of take them to the point where they're not interesting anymore. And I'm like, well, yes, understood. However, it's like you're talking to yourself. You've now taken it so far that just because you think like you can't be the person who starts this new movie, this movie already exists. I think this is. The, they like, don't realize they're the villains. They think Sam's the villain because of who right. she is. This yeah. well, they can write that villain that way. I think this is a really interesting thing, and this is the toxic. This is the toxic fandom argument, which is, you know, I love something so much, no one should be able to, no one, no one should have it but me. And then you realize there's yeah. also 50 million other people who feel the same way. But you guys all can sort of love the same yeah. thing, and what when. Again, I keep coming back to this line because I love that line. It is like, fandom shouldn't be toxic. It's all about love. I'm like, okay, if that's true, though, why would you need to st- – why are you taking it upon – why are you taking it upon yourself to start We're well, also tra- not acknowledging that there are other parts of the fandom that might like Stab 8. There are. Like, we kind of went through this as a mass culture, right? Game of Thrones was, like, the last show that everyone watched all the time and cared about. Mm-hmm. Like, the last, like, big show. Before we all completely fragmented, I feel like there's nothing now that like is on the level of how Game well, of Thrones was like a was cultural. cultural. There, it's it's different and, because there's and no. And we more all immediately hypnosis. were like, we don't like what's happening at the end. And this is the problem, right? Is that you you see a movie, right? Like I saw the original trilogy, right? And I was like, this is a foundational block of how I'm going to build out who I'm becoming. Right. Like this is crucial to my personality. The things I will like moving forward. This is the flag that lets people know where I'm at. Fine. And we use that art as authorship for ourselves. And we don't take into account that the creators are going to keep creating. And in that pursuit, they will add new and different things. And so then I'm like, wait, is Jar Jar part of who I am now? Ah! Right. Well, and that's, you just start fucking losing like, it. It's what and it so is. So that's is... the question: is when you when you face a Jar Jar, do you say, you know what I'm going to do? Write that guy horrible letters and try to fucking hurt an actor who is ecstatic to get a job in Star Wars, or do you just go, I just won't watch Phantom Menace anymore? Yeah. I... Or realize that there's a whole generation of people that like that movie a lot. Well, I think that's the that's the what's toxic about any of it is this like sense of ownership people think they have over it because it becomes a foundational part of your DNA. Right. Like we, and that's okay. It's okay to like something to the point where it becomes like a piece of you. Like it's a piece of your iconography and it's the thing that people know you for. Yeah. Like 
This the is guy that collects every stab collectible is not the villain in a scream movie. No, but this is something you and I have dealt with with other people. Is you know, uh, the ownership people feel over certain things. Mm-hmm. I, I look. I'm not. I've probably been guilty of it in the past. I know I have. Like, there's no way I haven't. And now I'm I'm old and just don't care. Right. (laughs) I'm now, like, when I was in my 20s, I probably wanted to have that argument of, like, no, 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 this is my thing and you don't know shit about it. This is how Batman has to exist. Yeah. Right, exactly. Now it's like, I don't care. Enjoy whatever you like. I don't give a shit. Like. As they make new things that aren't for me, it's like I still have right. my stuff. It's well, like fine. so now we're doing this thing where every few years, because because of the internet, everything yeah. is this gut reaction thing. So now every like five years, we rewatch something, and we're like, you know what? Even though I said this sucked all the balls like a long time ago, maybe it actually doesn't, and I was wrong. Like we always want to have this revisionist history, and then there's always these people, and like this is something that I hope comes up in a scream movie at some point is these people who go back and they're like you know that wasn't that bad and or there's like the which is this is the infinitely worse one which is people like i always liked it like uh no 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 no. don't do that it's okay to say you didn't like something yeah and then like it it's okay film twitter hipsterism right like i've always said the case when it's like we need to blow the internet up or film criticism on the internet up yeah yeah is when I see the article retweeted like 5,000 times where it's like, me too, is where someone's like, you know what movie is fucking perfection? The Exorcist 2. Right. When that happens, right, where someone's like, I'll get cred and be a hipster by saying, I was the one person who always loved Exorcist I was the first person Exorcist to always like this movie. And you're like, that is undeniably one of the worst films ever made. Absolutely. Right? Following one of the best films ever made. I applaud it for taking a big fucking daddy hack at the plate. Absolutely. They said it's the bottom of the ninth. Bases are loaded. All I got to do, we don't even have, Just we have no outs. do it. Absolutely. Yeah, we have no outs. If I take a walk, we're going to win the game. And they said, hell no. Pulled their britches up and just started taking <laughs> hacks at yeah. every pitch they saw. I applaud that. The movie fucking Absolutely. sucks. It's objectively terrible. And so somewhere someone is concocting that this is how I'll prove that I love movies more than you right. is by saying this terrible movie. I always saw it. And then a cult of that will pop up because people will go, that will make me. That's a badge where I can prove that I right. love. So, yeah, well, that's the one where it's like saying that never having a negative opinion about art is the same, but not nearly as is damaging. Right. Well, it's, goes, it's just this damaging is, to your soul at that. point. This is another thing that I think is. Or maybe something not. That, maybe we're wrong. I don't know. Well, it's not that, but like I think about the foundation of this podcast. Just don't go stab people because of a movie. That's what right. I'm saying. But like the foundation of this podcast was we wanted to talk about movies that we loved. Like not talk, not not critique movies, say anything like movies that we choose to watch for this pod or not movies that like we yeah. think that we need to dissect because neither of us are fucking film running on a film school. We are not film scholars. We're done. I mean, and, well, you know, no. Uh, I refuse to call myself anything like Don't that. Don't let the tank top fool you, brother. It fools me. I know you. I mean, I'm you know, an like, establishment of learned men here. It's fine. I have anyways. a Jake the Snake stuffy right behind me. Autographed by him, by the way. Represent. Anyways. But, like, it's a very specific thing for people to say, I know this. I know that about movies. Sure. Also, we're also a podcast that has talked about, like, movies that, I mean... There's probably a lot of people who haven't like last 
last Halloween, we did a pod with Tim Fargulish about Neon Maniacs. I can tell you right now, I could count on the number. I can count on one hand how many people I know have seen Neon Maniacs. Now, there's a huge contingency of people out there who probably have seen that movie. There's also probably a huge contingency of people out there who see have seen the poster of that movie like that looks like shit and they won't watch it. And right. that is like the dichotomy and the problem with the concept of the fandoms is just, okay, so you're willing to, and this goes back to like what Jack Quaid's character saying is like, so you're willing to love something so much mm-hmm. that you're willing to defend even its worst parts. But well, you think the that, first, well, yes, you the, think the, that the patient zero case for this that we all kind of dabbled in right before the internet hit was like Green Day, like they're not well, really punk. I like knew the, them when they well, were. Yeah, cool that's the original sellout story. But but they, there's a lot of those, right? Like, oh, the Ramones learned to play their instruments now, and it's like we. So music was kind of our first case, right? Which is we always loved bands, and then we'd get Metallica. We get mad when they get big and popular. And people who were not a part of our subculture like them. Now it's mad. Right. And now that's it's for everyone. And look, that was like our gonna... test case. And now that's about everything on. Right. Mass. And I'll say like, look, when you are a fan of something and it becomes massively popular, the hardest thing to do is to sit there and watch other people talk about it. Like they were some sort of, there is like that patient zero thing. You do want to be that person. But like, I think the hardest thing about being, a fan of something when no one else is a well, fan of something is when it becomes it's popular. The thing, uh, yeah. Taking your wife to the orgy <laughs> and all of a sudden she's fucking 13 dicks down the road. And you're like, Oh, it yeah. looks like she's having a great time without when it me. becomes popular. You have to, and sit then you there have to go just, watch Barbie and be like, Hey man, you have to decide. Well, you have to decide. She's for not yourself, made are you going to be, be making you happy, dude? Let her soar in the orgy. Who decides? Yeah. Are you going to be a fan who decides to let other yeah. people love this thing as much as you yeah. do? Or are you going to be a gatekeeper? Yeah. And that's where toxic fandoms. Are starts. you going to be a kid at the orgy and crush your wife's good time as she's thirteen dicks down the road? Or are you going to be a Barbie? Exactly. And say, hey man, find your own way. Maybe I'll go find the thirteen dicks that make me happy at the orgy. You that's know the I mean? important thing. That's it's the hard. important thing. It's hard that's when you watch thing. kids that. Like, for us, it was hard when, like, kids who used to beat you up and try to break your Star Wars toys were then like, oh, dude, man, I love Star Wars in high school. And you're like, did you? This hurts. This hurts a little on, like, a you know, I should talk to my therapist way. There's always this thing. Like, it's passing your partner down an orgy, dude. You're there for fun. That's what you signed up for. There's always a thing that you love that someone else is going to love a little bit more than you, a little more vocally than you. Right. And... Because Actually, you don't, you know what? Everyone should pair this movie with Barbie and learn the lesson. Yeah, that's a that's a perfect. The absolutely. lesson of Barbie is what? Yeah, fucking the ghost face in this movie should have seen Barbie mm-hmm. and been like, "Yeah, man, I should find what makes me happy." And it's okay if we go different paths. Like Ken and Barbie don't have to. My job isn't Barbie; it's Beach. I can. I'll go fucking over here, man. Live your life. Yeah, live your life, dude. People are not made for your little special fucking functions. <laughs> I don't know. Pair this with Barbie. Learn the lesson of Barbie. Barbie, by the way, a fucking phenomenal movie based on an IP I thought had no chance of making a phenomenal movie. Maybe it's when they don't Open yourself up to the new stuff, guys. Open yourself up to new things. Don't fucking cling so tight to the old stuff that you strangle it to death. And that is the lesson of Scream 5. I was not always that guy. I used to fucking hold on too tight to things I loved. That's all of us have those moments. You age and you learn the lessons, man. You learn the lesson. It's okay for everything, everybody to love everything. Don't be a ghost face about it. Don't but be a ghost face. But to wrap face. this up, I think that the cast, 
does a great job. Great new cast. I think the legacy characters do the best with what they were offered, especially mm-hmm. Dewey Soars. Definitely do. I think we walk out with Sam and Tara as an amazing fucking core to the film. Yep. And when we get to Scream 6 and we see them and the twins, we're like, hell yeah, dude. We got a couple movies out of this for sure. Yeah. Right? And Scream 6, I'm stoked to talk about. Because I think had it not had such a bad ending, Mm -hmm. I think I could make the case that that's like it could have outran the first one. It's that good of a Scream movie. For like 90% of the run. Right. But again, screen movies all have that built in. If the ghost face reveal and manifesto is not good, it hurts the movie in a way. But Scream 6 is fucking awesome. And I, I love this one. I love that it set us up for a universe where we get Scream 6, right? I think this was a good... This was the Scream movie where they like really reestablished that this thing's going to have legs moving forward. This thing's got teeth, yeah. Yeah, and I, I fucking loved it. The kills are brutal. Like, brutal when, when he gets stabbed through the cheek. He gets, I mean, it's just, the kills are effective. They're brutal. They're mean. I was sad for Dewey. Like, this movie just does almost everything right in a Scream movie to me. Right. Right? I, I, I really like this one. I really, really love this one. I thought and find great. out after tomorrow. We'll talk about Scream 6, and then we'll, uh, we'll do the official Scream franchise rankings again. But you know the deal. 31 days. 31 pods. We've divin, doven, dove right into the depths of the horror beast. We're about halfway through. We're about to hit the uh, guest and Patreon segment of the month. So go to patreon.com slash pod. Make sure you have every single episode this month. You want all 31. You don't want 28. You want all 31. Oh, yeah. So go over to patreon.com slash pod. Support your boys here. Right? Get more good stuff for yourself. Have a voice in helping us author this pod. We love you, patrons. Thank you. You guys know who you are. You're the best. Uh, we'll love the new people who come along, too. Even if you just listen, if you subscribe to the YouTube. Even if you weren't here from the first show we ever did, yeah. that's okay. We love you just Which, the same. we have the math. None of you were. <laughs> in fact, we Griffey and I yeah. are the first ones to ever listen to our episode. Yeah. We remember the first week we dropped our pod and we're like, wait, the world wasn't waiting on this? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, leave ratings and reviews. Tell your friends, guys. We appreciate all of you who spend your time with us, especially October where it's a lot of time. Uh, but we love October. We love horror movies. We know you guys do, too. This is a love, uh, uh, an undertaking of love, a gargantuan undertaking of love. That said, we'll see you tomorrow for Scream 6. Bye.